Another 5-0 in the Super Contest. Folks, I'm even shocked at this 10-0 run the last two weeks. We got a great podcast today. What on earth is wrong with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? A pretty good Monday night football game tonight. And some staggering numbers on NFL penalties from Andrew Lynch. Wait until you hear these. Let's go! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Uh, Andrew, I'm Lynch, I'm, I'm trying to stifle some enthusiasm. Why? This morning. Lit it into the universe, my friend. Yeah, producer Conrad's been gassing me up on the FS1 Twitter handle, and uh, yes, back-to-back 5-0 weeks in the Super Contest. I'm excited, a little bit nervous. Listen, pressure bursts pipes, we hear that all the time. I'm already stressing about week 16. Week 15, not even done. We have a good Monday night football game today. A lot of professional money coming in, apparently, this morning on one side. Andrew Lynch already has his side picked. We got a lot to chew on, Mr. Lynch. How was your weekend? Profitable? Outstanding outside of my one juicy piece of bacon that we'll get to here in a minute with the Seahawks and the 49ers. And speaking of the 49ers, I have a new favorite player in the NFL. Sorry, Baker. George Kittle, my man, who was so excited after the 49ers get the win that he needed to immediately get to San Jose for WWE's TLC (laughs) pay-per-view. I don't know if you saw the presser. I did. That was amazing. George Kittle, you are now my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, Speaking of the Niners, folks, we've given them out, I believe, two weeks in a row on this podcast. Well, one of us has. No, they have, yes, they have cash back-to-back weeks. Folks, we're on one of those hot streaks. You know, you catch a heater, whether it's cards, playing blackjack, or whatever it is, maybe with the ladies out on the bar scene, or to the eight women who listen here, maybe you're getting, I'll just not say that any further. Let's just move on, Andrew Lynch. What did you learn week 15 in the NFL? I'll just jump in to get things started. And listen, September and October were offense rules. The offensive explosion, an offensive orgy throughout the NFL. It was like the NFL was the NBA. Basically, yes. And we talked about it ad nauseum. Well, the calendar turned to December, and defenses have kind of ruled. Uh, Look at this weekend. The New England Patriots were held to one touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, zero touchdown passes against the Bears. Cowboys shut out for the first time in, I believe, 15 years. Yes, sir. And, you know, you look at teams that we have been backing now. Baltimore Ravens. They just held the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to 12 first downs, the fewest of a dirt cutter-led team. And I know you can laugh at that dirt cutter stinks, ha, ha, ha. The Bucs can move the football. Uh, the Titans, they are a bet on team. They blanked the Giants. And the Cleveland Browns, your guy, Lynch, Baker Mayfield. Listen, uh, they've been pretty good defensively the last two weeks. Got a little lucky, thanks to Vance Joseph. ineptitude. Uh, But I think defenses have ruled these first three weeks of December. Yeah, we were in our Fox War Room yesterday. We were having a discussion about how maybe the games weren't as offensively, aesthetically pleasing as you would like. It was ugly football. But another phrase for ugly football is good defense. Yeah. And I, you know... It's kind of nice to see the league swing back a little bit. I like when, 
I like when there are multiple ways to get a win in whatever league, be it the NBA, the NFL, whatever it is. Things get kind of boring when everyone is doing the same thing and only really one approach is being successful. So it's great to see the defenses kind of bounce back, as it were, uh, late in the season. Really anxious to see if that continues into the postseason. I think it's going to be about matchups. Match-ups I think like, that's yes. a very obvious thing to say. But as we've really drilled down in this podcast you know you look at the fact that the giants were higher in dvoa than the titans but we knew that because the titans were going to be able to key in on saquon barkley in that giants run game tennessee was going to be the pick there and there you have it i I gotta give you credit second week in a row lynch the dvoa stuff that he's talking about folks a lot of people sliding into my dms jay dude what what's his secret your super contest you're hot I'm t- listen to the podcast and listen to what Lynch is saying about these numbers. For instance, that Colts-Cowboys game, we pegged that, totally nailed it, said, listen, this is a better team in the Colts. They can stop the run. This defense is underrated. And they shut the Cowboys out. Now, what did we learn? Lynch, you have a great nugget. And I had a couple mini rants. I think I texted you guys. Oh, boy, I'm preparing a Kirk Cousins rant. I had to put that on the shelf after the Vikings were able to come back. But something jumped out at you and me and a lot of people on social media, but it may not actually be true. Yeah, I learned or had reaffirmed, I suppose, that confirmation bias is a very powerful force. I think those of us who are watching a lot of football this weekend and, of course, stretching back to Thursday with Chiefs Chargers, we saw a ton of flags. It felt like every time there was a big play, there was a penalty. And I think that's kind of been a trend in 2018. So I decided to dive into the numbers. And interestingly enough, Headed into this Monday night football game between the Saints and the Panthers, we're on pace for fewer penalties in week 15 what? than we've had in the past three weeks. Fewer? Fewer. It's it's about, it, it's not much of an outlier, but it's slightly lower than the baseline we've established for the past three weeks. That got me wondering, well, how does this season fit in to seasons past? And actually, we're on pace for the fewest penalties since 2013. And 2013 is an interesting point in time mm. when it comes to the NFL rule set. In 2014, that offseason between 2013 and 2014, the NFL instituted new points of emphasis on defensive illegal contact and defensive holding, which really wasn't a focus prior to 2014. All of a sudden, you see an explosion in penalties from 2014 relative to the years prior. And to me, it's not about the number of penalties in 2018 or even in week 15. It's these types of penalties. You look at that Chargers-Chiefs game, and it felt like any time the ball was in the air for more than 10 yards, you just felt like there was going to be a penalty or a pass interference call that maybe should have been called and wasn't. I wonder... With players being so smart and so strong and so fast, and particularly these wide receivers and these defensive backs who are hand fighting and just trying to gain any advantage, do we need to reevaluate the rule set? Is it because it's really easy to point and say, oh, there are fewer penalties, but it's the type of penalties that really matters and can really drag down the quality of the product. There was That's a great point. And there was a moment in that 49ers Seahawks game, I, Conrad, I know you were watching, where Richard Sherman was flagged. Then the officials talked about it. I believe this was fourth quarter at Key Seahawks Drive. And the officials discussed it and then picked it up. They were like, ah, it was incidental contact. But you're right. On every pass down the field, you're like, oh, he's touching him. Come on, throw the flag. And uh, this is going to be something to watch, especially tonight. Saints, we know Michael Thomas, nobody can guard him. We'll get to Monday night later. But 
These flags, I mean, we really have to keep an eye on them. The numbers, they don't lie here, Lynch. Good stuff. In short, it is time to put up or shut up. On to put up or shut up. Everybody's favorite gambling game on podcasts. You know the drill. You guys send in the game. I pick the side. And folks, this is our, well, last Thursday was our 25th episode of the podcast. So I said, forget the 10 bucks. I will Venmo you or cash app you 25 bucks if I lose. So you had to give away $75 today, right? Uh, no, I gave away zero, Lynch. Thank you. Oh, that's listen, much better. I- I'm sorry, Mr. Alec M. Jacobs. And-, and listen, I think, Alec, you won a couple against me. But you offered Browns versus Broncos. Browns cashed, uh, plus three hit. Lynch, do you have any thoughts on Vance Joseph kicking a field goal down four with about five minutes left Saturday night? If there's anyone out there who can get me in contact with the Broncos coaching staff or perhaps knows Vance Joseph's address, (laughs) I would love that information so I can send him a Christmas gift. Because I really feel like I owe him after his coaching decision and me cashing on the Browns ticket this weekend. Listen, when you... I look at it as either a gambler or even a Madden player. When the opposing team makes a decision, how do you react to that? When I saw that the Broncos were going to kick a field goal on fourth and one from the inside the Cleveland six with fewer than five minutes left, trailing by four points, I was relieved. I'm like, oh, thank goodness you're not going for it. So thank you, Vance Joseph. Thank you to the delay of game penalty that there that happened right after to really seal the decision for them. Um yeah, Cleveland 17-16. I felt like we were pretty good on this yeah. game, and you got us a nice review, so I, thank you. I will add this. Uh, when he's interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs in the offseason, um, Vance Joseph can say, well, listen, we we got the ball back. Case Keenum had a shot. All we needed was a field goal. Uh, good luck with that, Vance Joseph. All right, on now to at Moldrem21, Raiders-Bengals. Now, I sent some nervous texts to you guys about this one. Bengals were favored by three. I said they were one of my favorite bets. Then I backed off of them in the Super Contest. They led, I believe, 17-0. Raiders closed the gap, and then the Bengals pulled away. Joe Mixon ran all over them. But I was momentarily nervous about this game because of Jeff Driscoll, and I thought he would be able to move the ball. Then he lost Tyler Boyd. Folks, just a heads up. Bengals, big underdogs on the road in Cleveland next week. I I think that's some foreshadowing to where we're going. Uh, But at Moldrem21, the Bengals covered. I look forward to your glowing review on iTunes. And finally, at Baffinair, you threw in the game of the day, right? Patriots-Steelers. Steelers were getting two at home. And um, I think we quickly need to talk about the New England Patriots. Please. Uh, I took the Steelers. Um, It was not a great feel. If you remember, I was like, who can trust the Steelers? And at the end, I was like, I'll take them. The New England Patriots are not in a good place, Lynch. I I don't know how to put this. uh, There's no way to spin this. But 14 penalties, the most they've had since 2014. 0 for 3 in the red zone. And one touchdown against a Steelers defense that... Really struggled to check uh, Case Keenum. They struggled to check Derek Carr. And then they show up at home. We saw what Rivers did to them three weeks ago. Like, what is wrong with the Patriots? They're old. They're old. They don't have a ton of super talented skill players. Josh Gordon disappeared. By the way, Josh Gordon not on the field on fourth down and ball game? What was that? What? What? Gronkowski looks like a shell of his former self. 
Bill Belichick is one of my favorite coaches ever. I love what this man has done. I love what he the way he revolutionized football over the past decade and a half. I really, really do. But I feel like we are lionizing this man for no good reason sometimes. Ooh, ooh. That that play where he has his offense on the field, they wind the clock down, and then they send the offense off the field, and the punt team comes on, and they end up you know, gaining about 40 yards of field position. Solid play. I like the decision. But it's not, like... Twitter exploded oh, like gosh. he like he was the new Da Vinci of the world. <laughs> like he's Albert Einstein. Like that's fine, but Mike Tomlin is, ruined that by not calling timeout. They had two timeouts. Unbelievable. Like, why not just call timeout there? That's that's all that you have to do to disrupt this genius from Bill Belichick. Again, I like the play. It's a great decision. It's fine, but it's not something where we need to be like carving out his spot in the Hall of Fame just based yeah, on this one play. A little bit much. Uh, now, I would, listen, we take shots at Mike Tomlin a lot. Uh, Mike Tomlin was like, we're going to run the football with this Jalen Samuels kid. Buck 42 on the ground. We know that's the recipe to beat this Patriots team. So a pretty good game from Tomlin. Uh, quick note, we're trashing the Patriots. They host the Buffalo Bills next week. Okay? Line is big. Just a note. Uh... I believe the Buffalo Bills have no running backs, okay? They have Josh Allen. That's all you need. (laughs) Well, listen, I know Ivory was out. uh, LaShawn McCoy was out. Their third-string guy got injured. Murphy. Um, They're going into New England with no running backs, and the Patriots are going to be hella angry. We we talk about (laughs) never, ever, ever betting on double-digit favorites. Um, Let's just file this away for later, Conrad. Remember this when I tell you guys I want to take this— Patriots in the Super Contest. So there it is. 3-0 back-to-back weeks of perfection in Put Up or Shut Up. Who wants some? Give me some Week 16 games. Bowl games getting better. Come at me, bro. Hashtag Put Up or Shut Up. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. On to what were you thinking where we look back at Week 15 and see where we nailed some things and kind of misfired. Let's start with the good news, Lynch. Titans at Giants, we were all over this. I don't want to act like we're moving lines on this thing. Um, But I will say this. We gushed about the Titans on Thursday. And the line was coming down as we were recording. By Friday morning, I think the Titans were favored. They were indeed. Um, And we both had the Titans. We loved this matchup. And Tennessee absolutely rolled. Um, I do wonder, though... uh, how confident are you in Tennessee going home this week and taking care of business against a Redskins team? Because we're gonna you're gonna have to pay a price to get the Titans now after these back-to-back weeks of uh, Derrick Henry looking like Walter Payton out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's opening at minus ten Tennessee that's at home. That's huge. That's a huge number. I'm certainly not playing Washington, but that's probably no. a stay away right. game for me. Going back to this Week 15 game though. Is there a better feeling as a gambler than fading Eli Manning? Oh. It's just, it's so great. You know, shout out to producer Conrad who made the astute point on Thursday that if you were looking at the Titans at plus one and a half, you might as well take them on the money line, which is what I ended up doing. I think this was just further evidence of how valuable Odell Beckham is. I know he obviously has his detractors. You know, I, you can't take away from the man 
on the football field. It just allowed the Titans to load up on Saquon Barkley and stop anything and everything the Giants wanted to do on offense. Yeah, the uh, Eli Manning fumbled inside his own 20 and then had an interception in the red zone. He reverted back to being the old Eli Manning. 44 pass attempts. The Giants are 7-27 and when he throws the ball that much in wow. his career, and 14 of those 27 losses were by double digits. Now, there's a little bit of a chicken and egg there. When you're behind by that much, you have to throw the ball. But if Eli Manning is out there, you know, looking like Phillip Rivers or Patrick Mahomes in terms of number of attempts, this Giants team is in trouble. Did Saquon Barkley, 14 carries, 31 yards, did he lose the Offensive Rookie of the Year to Baker Mayfield this past weekend? No, I think that one's going to come down to the very end of the season, if Got anything. It. Okay, next up, Seahawks at 49ers. Um, we were on different sides here, Lynch, and this was one I felt good about early in the week. And then came Sunday, Seahawks opened by going down the field and getting a touchdown. Boom. And I was like, damn it. Feels like the wrong side. Then they ran the kickoff back for the touchdown. Thank you, uh, Sebastian. Sebastian Janikowski, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what I was thinking in this game. Like, no I know effort. you only have one job, and you do that one job really, really well. Maybe just try a second job when you have a kick returner about to tie the— actually give you the lead because the Seahawks missed the extra point. Like, Bassey, I love you, but come on, man. Yeah, now Seattle was not awful. The problem was San Francisco with Nick Mullins at the helm just moved the football— very well. Now, Seattle had 14 penalties. Again, we saw the Patriots with 14 flags. Uh, Seahawks with 14 penalties. Seattle ran the ball 168 yards, had the ball for 37 minutes, and still didn't win. Um, I just got to credit Kyle Shanahan. Second year in a row, Lynch. Late in the season, nothing to play for. Last year with Jimmy G. This year with Nick Mullins. 49ers now. I don't want to look too far ahead. Two week 16. 49ers host the Bears. Bears just won the Super Bowl, right? Defeating Aaron Rodgers, getting in the playoffs. There's videos on social media of that locker room just lit up. Including yeah. a fascinating one on NFL on Fox. But, I mean, yes, yes. You've got to check that out on all the handles, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, I'm already leaning 49ers here. I One word of caution, and I'm sure you saw this. The 49ers, yeah, they got the win in overtime. 3 of 10 on third down. 0 for 3 in the red zone against the Seahawks he this week. Zooks. That, that, that's a great point. Now, Eddie Jackson, the great Bears safety, high ankle sprain, almost certainly will miss this game. Uh, and the Bears have something to play for. They shockingly, listen, if the Saints go down tonight, there's an outside chance the Bears get the number one seed. Who in the world could have predicted that these Chicago Bears would make the playoffs? Oh, wait, oh, you. you trying to tee me up? Come on, I don't need listen. I, uh, yes, I did have them in the playoffs. I didn't, I didn't think number one seed. I mean, that's insanity. Um, and they were susceptible to the run. Trubisky, you know, I don't want to go too much off on a tangent. Trubisky didn't look amazing. He got the job done, but the Packers' defense is garbage. And the 49ers, are, uh, they're, they're looking better. I don't know if they're a lock this week, but I'm going to look hard at them. Now, finally, Dallas at Indy. And... Um, Lynch, I'm seeing here that you were kind of on the fence and maybe didn't want to play it. I had the Colts. Any thoughts on Dallas getting blanked? Are you? I know a lot of people are going to write off Dallas. Oh, they're frauds. Um, I don't think it's a total write-off spot. By the way, first half, they moved the ball into the red zone uh, and then got had a turnover on downs. Great play by the Colts inside the five. And they had, the, by the by the way, the Cowboys had a fullback drop a TD pass. I mean, right in his hands. I was watching with my kids, and we were laughing at the guy. Uh, they had a field goal blocked, and I do believe Dak had an, uh, a turnover of some kind. It was just, 
a, a, a sloppy performance as could be expected from Dallas. What I like from the Colts, they got back their center, Ryan Kelly. And, uh, you know, they were able to run the football. Marlon Mack, a buck 39 on the ground. Really impressive showing. Frank Reich, now 3-0 and against the spread against the NFC East. I love that you got people blowing up your phone just like begging you for picks right now, even as we're recording the podcast. Yeah, I ended up on Indy here. Uh, the gambler's fallacy, the thought that something is ever due, is a really, really good way to lose money. But I really liked your logic about the Again, I've been skeptical about the whole concept of a spot, but this certainly felt like a really good spot for the Cowboys to have a letdown game. And then you combine that with just everything going wrong at once. To your point, I'm not out on the Cowboys. I think they're, they're a very solid team moving into week 16. Mm. But yeah, that fourth down conversion being stuffed early in the second quarter, that blocked field goal to open the game. Um, those things happen. Yeah, it seems like they happen to the Dallas Cowboys an awful mm. lot. It, Indy, process-wise, was the right pick there. Obviously, results-wise was the right pick there. But I think the margin of defeat was a little fluky. There are some things to monitor. Uh, Producer Conrad's Ohio State guy, Tyquan Lewis. Now, listen, I started the season on IR. He listen, This guy was a first-round talent. He ended up falling to the second round. Didn't have a great final year at Ohio State. Two sacks yesterday against the Cowboys. Those are his first in the NFL. Again, this Colts team is really rounding into form. I'm going to look up the video, but I think on Lock It In before week one, I went on that FS1 show and said the two coaches that are bet on are Nagy and Reich. Or maybe it was like early in the season when they were kind of struggling. Both of these coaches are definitely good. I can only pray my Jets can find someone as good as Reich or Nagy. So finally, what were you thinking? We had a good weekend. That's what we were thinking. But we did not fare well. I'll speak for myself. I did not fare as well on the money line. Lynch, I feel like I can't hit a money line to save my life. I took the Packers. I didn't want them to win because I like the Bears. That, that failed. My backup was the Jets. That also failed. Although, hey, quick note, Sam Darnold looked friggin' awesome Saturday. I was so proud of him carving up, running for his life against Watt and Clowney. I thought he looked great. I thought that was his best performance of the season. Uh, Jets, by the way, host the Packers. Keep an eye on that line. That's all I'll say. Lynch, you had the Panthers who play tonight. How are you feeling given what the money movement that we've uh, we've seen this morning? You know, I'm not a smoker, but I went ahead and bought a lighter on my way to work this morning <laughs> so I could light this ticket on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, if the Panthers cash tonight, great. I'll be happy. But again, I wasn't really thrilled with any of the money lines on Thursday. Probably should have just bit the bullet and taken Cleveland. Um but we'll see. Please be kind to me, Drew Brees. <laughs> there it is. We had a good weekend. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Next up, we're going to look at the lines in week 16. Things that jump out. Uh, again, a lot of movement this late in the season. You know, injuries begin to take their toll on teams. You see teams that are not in the playoffs suddenly arresting guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, says he wants to play. We'll see. We don't have Jets Packers on this lineup, but there are some really good games to chew on. Let's start with the Ravens traveling across the country to face the Chargers. Chargers, uh, I don't know if they're going to have a home field advantage here. They will not. Spoiler. (laughs) But I'm going to say this. At four and a half, I'm early leaning to the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. The question to me is, can you stop what you know is coming? 
This Baltimore team in the past five weeks since their bye and since starting Lamar Jackson, they're averaging 145 passing yards per game, 230 rush yards per game. That's the last five weeks. The last five weeks. Right, I'm going to have to jot that down. This Ravens team is very, very clear about what they are going to do. They are going to run the ball down your throat, and they are going to hurt you on defense. Yeah. Inside, you know, at four and a half, this feels like a grinded out, maybe Chargers three-point win. Again, I still love my Chargers. Um, cost myself a little bit of money by taking the Chiefs against the Chargers on yeah. Thursday. Same here. But I, to me, this is more about the number than the side on Monday. Yeah. Now, I will say this. As good as Baltimore's looked on the ground, Lamar Jackson is still shaky through the air. I mean, there. If you, who's the number one receiver on the Ravens? Is it Crabtree? Is it Joe Flacco? <laughs> Michael Crabtree yesterday, one target, zero catches. They just can't win vertically. I know that the uh, Chargers can be run on. Now, why didn't the Chiefs do it? Well, uh, Andy Reid had some questions to answer after that game, certainly, but no Kareem Hunt. And the kid Damian Williams had showed flashes, and they had the lead. I don't know why they couldn't run. I just love me some Derwin James on the Chargers, man. He He's what scares me. If he is hitting Lamar Jackson— we're going to see Rob Griffin in this game. I lean to the Ravens. But listen, Keenan Allen versus Marlon Humphrey. What a matchup that will be if Keenan Allen is good to go. Obviously, let's see what's up What's up with Gordon and Eckler. All right, next game up, Lynch. Tampa Bay really got deep pantsed by the Ravens in the rain. They travel to Dallas. Cowboys favored by seven. This was a seven and a half a week ago. I'm a little surprised it's come down. Your initial thoughts. This is probably a stay away game for me, but I am going to keep an eye out to see if somehow, some way, it comes within seven. I'm, there's no way that I'm riding with Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You cannot make me. This is America. I have choices. But if this, if it comes down to six and a half, again, I like this Dallas team. I think if they. If they game plan as such, Ezekiel Elliott could go out and just run for. He might run for 300 yards against this Tampa Bay defense. Um, my one concern, the Cowboys have two wins this season by more than a touchdown. But what assuages that concern a little Wait, bit Wait, who for are they? Jacksonville? Jacksonville and Washington. And in those two games, Dallas averaged 159 yards rushing. It's not very complicated. Mm. If they pound the ball on the ground, they win games going away. Zach Martin is going to be worth monitoring, okay? We, we, if we, Without him, they did not look sharp running the football. Uh, the Bucks just got gashed big time. Uh, and, and I know their offensive numbers for the season are great, but again, folks, when you start looking at them by like three and four game sets, uh, no O.J. Howard, no Deshaun Jackson last week, they can't beat you vertically. I like the Cowboys in a bounce back spot. I'm leaning toward the seven. I would not like seven and a half at all. Next up, this is another one. One team with something to play for, the other kind of out of it. The New York Giants, definitely out of it, cannot make the playoffs. They visit the Colts. This number has ballooned up to nine, maybe, are you seeing nine and a half? Nine and a half at some shops, Holy still cow. nine at most. This was six on the look ahead. This was six. You're paying a price if you're taking the Colts here, right? We can agree on that. So you're going to pay the price? I'm going to need to wait on that. I, I need to see the fallout. Odell Beckham obviously could be a factor. Uh, the Colts defense can stop the run, as we just saw. They would load up against Barkley. I would lean Colts, but again, nine and a half is big. I might want to look elsewhere. Is there anything that you could think 
backing the Giants in this spot. Not backing the Giants. I think your best case scenario here is if you're looking at this game, you're praying for some good news on Odell on Tuesday and Wednesday that maybe brings this line back down, and then I think there's going to be significant yeah. value on the Colts. Amari Cooper had four catches for 32 yards against the Colts secondary. Uh, the Colts secondary, they, they, there's not a lot of guys you can name on this defense. But, man, that defensive coordinator, uh, Eberflus, I probably just butchered his name. Sounds like a sneeze. Uh, he, he, he's really good. Next up, now this one is fascinating. The Texans visit the Eagles. The Houston Texans, folks, <laughs> they might be looking at a bye in the first round of the playoffs. I'm seeing this on the look-ahead was Eagles pick them. What are you seeing now, Lynch? It has opened at Pickham, hasn't moved yet. Uh, Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback for the Eagles. That was already reported this morning. Um, I really like the Texans as a Pickham, even on the road here. It feels a little square, I'll admit. But yes, Nick Foles, I think, gives Philly a different dimension offensively. He's not afraid to you know step back and sling it 30, 40, years, 30, 40 yards downfield. But I felt like Sunday night was much more about the Rams than it was about the Eagles. And I wonder if the betting public is going to think it was more about Philly, and that's going to give me a little bit of value with the Houston team I really, really like. I'm with you on that. I lean Texans, but I need to see what's up with Lamar Miller. Mm. And obviously, weather in Philadelphia come uh, you know late December could be an issue throwing the ball. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is phenomenal, and the Jets made the mistake or not really a mistake because I wanted them to lose a close game and get a high draft pick, but they tried to single guard uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins with Tremaine Johnson. That was like a dumb, dumb decision. He had 10 for a buck 70. He's unstoppable. The Eagles won't be able to defend him. Um, I do wonder, though, about that Texan secondary, man. They got shredded by Darnold. And if it depends what Nick Foles shows up. Let's go there. If Clowney and Watt can pressure him, we know Foles is uh, susceptible to screwing up. I would lean Texans, but it's early. Next up, and again, we touched on this earlier, Bears at Niners. Niners getting three and a half at home. Lynch, a lot of things point to, oh, the Bears should dominate this game. But I'm telling you, this is one of those spots. You know, this is a spot where the Bears could let down. What do they have to play for? We'll see. Uh, They do have a tiebreaker over the Rams because of the win. You just wonder, are they 100% showing up for a cross-country trip, okay, right before Christmas, after beating Aaron Rodgers? Remember, we we joked, what team won the Super Bowl last week and then had to come back this week and show up? I'm spacing on it, but, uh, oh, it was the Miami Dolphins. Yes, they won the Super Bowl beating the Patriots. And then they played the Minnesota Vikings very tough, and that was a very competitive game. For like a quarter of midway. Yeah, maybe seven minutes. Yeah, seven. Uh, Folks, again, there is something to the psychology. I guess my three takeaways from this podcast through 25 episodes, we're trying to get into the mind of the psychology of the athlete week to week in the NFL. And the other one is the spot. I feel like we've been on the spot a lot. You know my takeaway? Money, because we keep giving out winners. (laughs) Free money. Finally, and this is a phenomenal game, and I've learned the last couple weeks, stay away from these great games because they are stress and not good for the heart. Wait, did you just, like, you're so on board the 49ers, you're not even going to let me make my case for the Bears? It's fine, no, it's fine. fine. No, no, back the Bears. I'll do it on Thursday. It's fine. Tease for Thursday. Oh, shucks. Now i got to reevaluate since he likes the Bears. Uh, Number one rushing and passing defense. There you go. uh, All right, you made my case. Thank you. (laughs) Chiefs at Seahawks. I'll let you go first on this one. This is a Conrad special. Lynch, he's a Seahawks guy. 
I came in talking up the Seahawks. Pat Mahomes, road, noisy stadium, coming off a loss. Your thoughts? A lot of people hate when their high school reunion is coming up they just you know they don't want to see old friends they don't want to go back to who they were before for me i love them because you do get to see those old friends and i got to see my old <laughs> friend big game andy reed on oh, thursday wow what a setup uh, um it's good to see you andy really looking forward to betting against you in the postseason but for now inside of that key number of three I'm leaning toward Kansas City. Interesting. But this is one where if there's any game on this slate that I can talk myself out of and onto the other side, I think it is Chiefs yeah. Seahawks, especially in Seattle. Seattle uh, gets a Chiefs team 0-4-1 against the spread in their last five. Can't stop the run at all. And what do the Seahawks do well? They run the football. I And that is incredible. Like, again, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and I – I'm a huge Chiefs fan. That Chiefs offense is outstanding. I mean, I'm not discounting the Chiefs for losing to the Chargers other than, you know, some of Andy Reid's decisions in the the latter part of that game. But that's such a compelling argument. Again, matchups, matchups, matchups. And if the Seahawks can run the ball, keep Mahomes off the field, I mean, there's every chance yeah. they win this game outright. Quick note that I picked up watching 49ers way too closely. Conrad, why can't your Seattle Seahawks defend tight ends because Kelsey's coming to town and Kelsey's really damn good. Uh, and if there's no Watkins and we know there's no Hunt, it might be the Kelsey show. Tyreek Hill nursing an injury. George Kittle, three for 51. My man. Selleck, two for 62 and a touchdown. And listen, uh, what's his name? Mullins missed Kittle wide open for what would have been a long touchdown. Is Seattle defending the tight end a problem? It's not defending the tight ends the problem. It's having the available bodies to defend the mm. tight end position. Michael Kendricks was out most of the season. He's been stepping in for K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright, people don't believe it, but he really is the heart and soul of that defense. Bobby Wagner is a bad, bad man, a middle linebacker, but K.J. Wright is known as the brains behind the operation. I think that's why they've been torched with the tight ends lately. Boy, got to love that analysis. He didn't even know I was coming with that question. We did no prep on that. I just hit him with it because, you know, he's a Seahawks guy. He's got great input on him. Uh, so there you have it. Don't, listen, Thursday's podcast is going to be a blowout. I'm telling you. There is a lot on the line for me, Lynch, Conrad, obviously in the NFL. We are going to be fired up for Thursday's picks for Week 16. Now, are you ready? For some football. Monday night football should get a good game. Saints visit the Panthers. Line's been in the six to six and a half area all week. I'm currently seeing six. We're recording this on Monday morning. Uh, Carolina's in a funk. Can't do anything. We saw Cam Newton singing karaoke on Instagram this week. I think they're trying to get the bad she out of the room. Carolina's got to have this if they want to get to the playoffs. Their home road splits are huge. Lynch, you like the Panthers here. You've already got money on them. How do you feel? We know you joked earlier uh, about lighting it on fire, but in all seriousness, Carolina can win this game, right? Carolina can win this game. I don't, you know, I got them at plus 230. So do they win this game 33% of the time? It feels a little high, so it's a little bit of an action play for me, but I don't I don't hate that I have that liability out right now. I do think the value is on the Saints, however, as we record this on Monday, especially inside of a touchdown. And it comes down to a question, and I, I actually want your answer on this question, J Mac. Do you have more faith in the Panthers? 
and breaking through with the pass game a little bit and Cam making the Saints respect the pass so that they can run the ball with the Saints being the third best defensive rush, yeah. uh, third best rushing defense in the NFL? Or do you have more faith in Drew Brees and the Saints, even on the road, carving up this Carolina secondary? Yeah, Lynch. Uh, I, I think that's a great question. And I recall a game this year. The Panthers got a big lead on Eli Manning and the Giants. And then their secondary got torched by Eli Manning at home. I, I do worry about the Panthers' secondary. Listen, Russell Wilson went in there and shredded those guys. I just not a lot of faith in the Panthers here. I think they're the 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 my only logic for Carolina, and I gotta confess that in the super contest, a lot of people half a point behind me or a point behind me have the Panthers. So I'm going to be rooting Saints here to hold my spot. I'm officially in the money right now. Again, two weeks to go. A lot can happen. I just, I don't know if I have much faith in Carolina at all. I guess the backing for them would be, hey, listen, Ron Rivera's job's on the line. Cam Newton, like, you know, uh, this has been a good season, but he's been bad lately. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in McCaffrey against that Saints run defense. We've seen them totally bottle up, folks. But there are going on the road here. Maybe there's an opportunity. I will pick the Saints. I know this is going to sound like a wuss move, but I'm not going to bet this game. Interesting. Um, and for those of you who like to tail the sharp money, I think there are a couple of interesting things here. Monday morning, we've learned that sharps have been on the under, even as that's come down a little bit to around 50 right now. It might get down to 49 and a half. Sharps were on the Panthers at six and a half. But when that came down to six, we've seen a little bit of a sharp swing the other direction where the Saints, according to the Action Network, went from an average of about at minus six, an average VIG of about minus 106, 105 to minus 116, almost minus 120 in some places right before we started recording this podcast. So that six, six and a half number seems to be kind of the inflection point for the sharp betters as we head into Monday night. Yeah, I, I, I don't get that. That's a lot of points on the road. Now, I know Carolina's been a tailspin, but I guess if if I had to make a play, I would I would take the Saints and the over. Is that That's very chalky, right? Uh, favorite and over on an island game on Monday night, that's as square as it gets. But I, that's my read on this game, and I don't have a great one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would maybe recommend a parlay there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, just as an action play. You know, it's always fun to wet your beak a little bit on a Monday night. Wet your beak. Nice usage. All right, Andrew Lynch, that'll do it. For episode 26 of the podcast. Now, there's no Thursday night game this week, right? There are two on Saturday and then a loaded slate on Sunday. And then, of course, Monday night football next week. So we will have our next podcast Thursday. Get those hashtag put up or shut up games in. We will also be recording a bowl special on Thursday. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Good luck this week. We'll talk to you Thursday. Thursday.